Would you pray with me? And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. On this third Sunday of Advent, we are once again talking about John the Baptizer and preparing the way for the coming of God's work in the world. It's easy to overlook John and to move quickly onto the main event, onto Jesus, the one John proclaimed. But the gospel according to John, no relation to John the Baptizer, gives more attention than all the other three gospels combined to this one who prepared the way. As we gather today to continue our own preparations, we'd do well to pause for a few minutes and examine John's secret to success. Now, John was a weird one. He had prophetic ways that stood out even in the first century. I mean, he ate bugs. He wore weird fashions that made him stand out. John was a weird one with his prophetic ways, but he understood his role in the divine drama. John was not the star of the show. He played a supporting role that designed to draw attention to the true star, the Messiah, the one who was to come. He drew attention to himself merely as a tool to point others on to the anointed one of God. That was his job. He told his followers to go and follow Jesus. And the fourth gospel summarized his purpose when he said, he must increase while I must decrease. There was an advertisement for life insurance for ministers that asked the question, Ministers, are you after your boss's job? Well, this is a temptation for all ministers. A member once gave me a little plaque that said, Use me in thy work, O Lord, at least in an advisory capacity. Well, today I'm using it to remind us of the temptation of the one is also the temptation of the many to assume that it, all of this depends on you, that the church depends on your initiative, your creativity, your commitment, your doing the work of your church. Well, it doesn't, never has, never will. And that's good news for all of us. Because the truth is that while it all doesn't depend on us, it does in fact depend on us. Once again, John serves as the perfect reminder and example. Grady Nutt, the famous humor, Christian humorist, wrote a little book called The Gospel According to Norton, in which Norton was an early disciple. Now, he was an odd duck, too. He grew up on the south side of Jerusalem and was considered eccentric because he wore his hair short, grew no beard, and he wore socks with his sandals. Now, Norton initially became a follower of John, but when he witnessed uh, what John's uh, pointing toward Jesus and listening to Jesus' teaching, he began to follow Jesus instead. Well, one day, Jesus and Norton are talking, and Jesus asked John, asked Norton about John and how he was doing. And Norton made fun of the way that John dressed and what he ate and so forth. Well, Jesus scowled and asked him a simple question. Where do you think you'd be now if it weren't for John? 
And Norton blushed and said, probably still hanging around the marketplace snitching fruit. And that was all Jesus had to say. Because at that point, Norton realized that he would not be where he was if it weren't for John. He never made fun of John again. In fact, he loved him all the more. John was a weird one, but he used what he had as a way to attract people and then pass them on to Jesus. Imagine for a moment how our lives would differ if we consider ourselves to be the warm-up act for God, that our primary purpose on earth was to use our personal gifts and talents, strengths and even weaknesses in ways that draw attention to ourselves and then on to God. He must increase while we must decrease. And God can use all of our experiences to do just that. Now, I didn't grow up in the church, so God had to reach me through other means. I've always connected with Martin Luther, who said, God is my father, and the church is my mother. To me, God used people, regular people, like Coach Noyes, who was my middle school basketball coach like Frank Connor, who lived across the street and taught me Greek on the weekends, like Debbie LaMonica, my beautiful classmate who invited me to Young Life, and I went because she was so beautiful, like the countless unknown teachers at Vacation Bible School that was open to the whole community, and I went because in the summertime, what else was there to do? For me, God used regular people, Good people who cared about a young man trying to find his way in the world. Loving people who went out of their way to pay attention and to share some of their lives with me. These are the people God used to reach me, using their regular gifts, skills, and personalities to reach and touch and heal. Well, in our own lives, you all can remember several significant witnesses who told you and showed you Jesus. It may have been a parent or grandparent in your case. It may have been a teacher or coach or boss. It may have been a friend, acquaintance, classmate, roommate. It may have been a stranger who said and did something strange that caught your attention and piqued your interest. These people are the human instruments that God has used to depart divine grace to other humans, including you and me. We are all beneficiaries of God's care to and through others. John was a weird one, and so he used what he had as a way to attract people and then pass them on to Jesus. And we are called to do the same. Now, we may not wear camel hair, although some of us consider it a stylish coat today. We may not eat bugs, although we consider fish eggs to be a delicacy. And we're far enough away from the Old Testament that no one would listen to traditional prophets anyway, but they will listen to you. We may not consider ourselves to be prophets, but each of us have experiences and gifts that we can use to draw attention to ourselves and then on to God. 
Even the painful experiences in our lives can provide resources for relating to someone else in pain. And we can provide a connection between that person and ourselves and the God we serve. But this is one of the many things that I love about you, friends. You are regular people who enjoy welcoming other regular people. You're like Christian Velcro grabbing onto anyone who comes through these doors. You've been like that for hundreds of years. It's as though you have a motto. If you come once, your company. If you come back, your family. I heard this from those new members when we had our new members class. They ended up being part of our church family because of you. The people here are so friendly, they said. I felt at home here from the very beginning. It wasn't at all what I expected it to be. See, you guys are already doing a great job of making us look good. And this kind of care for others is so close to what John was doing, using what we have to attract people and then pointing them on to Jesus. If we're going to learn the truth about Jesus Christ, we will have to learn that truth at the hands of human witnesses. We receive their testimony as true, and we act upon it in faith. Now, please don't think that our dependence upon these human witnesses somehow diminishes that testimony. Even the testimony we read in Scripture is the testimony of human witnesses. And this does not put us at any disadvantage in thinking about Emmanuel, God with us, because all testimony is secondhand. We hear it first from someone else, and when we examine and explore it for ourselves, we look further, and hopefully we will experience it for ourselves. From the beginning, God has used humans as the instruments to invite people in and to impart grace to those people. God comes to people through people, even people that I know, you know, we know, and that know you. Dream with me for a minute. What if we were destined to be the John the baptizer for someone else? What if God has put you into another person's life at a particular time, in a particular personality and particular abilities in order to help this particular person and to point this person to Jesus Christ? It's more than a little frightening, isn't it? Yet God, in fact, calls each and every one of us every day to be and do just that. Friends, you don't have to eat bugs to be a witness. You don't have to be the boss to be a part. We all have been touched by God through other people. And at the same time, we have been given the opportunity to be human instruments of this divine grace for others. Thanks be to God that this graceful cycle continues through the generations throughout the nations. Thanks be to God, for God has given us a way to prepare the way for ourselves and for others. Amen.